Okay. Uh, thanks everybody for joining in. And uh, this is Peter Mark. Good morning. Uh, today is uh, July the twenty fourth, year twenty twenty two. It's hot here in Delaware, and I uh, hope you are cool and comfortable uh, sitting where you are at. Uh, I'm going to get started. Uh, today is just a quick preview. Uh, I'm going to take it easy too, because the weather's just unbearably hot. Uh, just a quick preview of the upcoming episodes that are completely dedicated to this uh, Dobbs decision reversing Roe v. Wade. And uh, as uh, I had posted on the introduction of uh, today's episode, that this famous conservative Supreme Court Justice, Anthony Scalia, had an extensive discussion of his view on Roe v. Wade. He believed that Roe was uh, wrongfully decided. He believed that the uh, abortion issue belongs to the states. Uh, and of course, the Dobbs decision, the Alito majority, uh, uh, hold the same view. They uh, keep saying, we, the Supreme Court, is not taking away a woman's rights to choose. We're just sending this issue back to the state, different states, Mississippi, Pennsylvania, whatever. Uh, today, you know, we're, uh, I'm going to, you know, quickly take a quick uh, uh, take on that, uh, but a whole lot more is going to be discussed in each of those episodes. Uh, secondly, uh, there's a famous law professor, Alan Dorshowitz. Actually, he's both a famous law professor and a famous lawyer. He also had a YouTube clip saying that the Supreme Court actually weakened the abortion right of women in Roe v. Wade. I have said so. I've, I hold the same opinion. Uh, I have given everybody a general idea that the Roe v. Wade was decided by an all-male Supreme Court. So despite the fact that the decision is correct, however, the, 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 the deliberation, the reasoning of that is uh, very flawed. In, in my opinion, the Roe v. Wade actually put the uh, women's rights to choose on a slippery slope. And we finally end up with that being overturned. So, so I'm going to get started for today's episode. The first segment is the introduction. Uh, the first one is introduction, uh, which I'm going to talk about the investigation of the leaker. And uh, the second, the first segment, I'm going to talk about why all these five episodes I'm going to discuss in the next few weeks is going to address a single question that abortion issue is a federal question. It does not belong to the state. The second segment I'm going to talk about the very fundamental a, B, C, one, two, three, for any crimes or criminal statutes to be 
established and enforced. That is, if we do not know the last menstrual period of a woman, then we, we, by we, I mean the government. If the government does not know the last menstrual period of a woman, then the, the government have no way to determine the gestational age of the fetus in that woman's body. So that's the second segment I'm going to talk about. The third segment I'm going to talk about is about the woman's path to full citizenship as compared to African-Americans' path to full citizenship in this country. And then the last part I'm going to conclude with some quick thoughts. So I'll get started with the introduction. I did not have devoted one episode exclusively on the uh, on the leakers investigation by the US Supreme Court. So it's not surprising the AP News, Associated Press News, published a update yesterday, I believe, July the 23rd. Okay, I'm going to read what this uh, newswire says. Quote, less than 24 hours after the unprecedented leak of the draft opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade, Chief Justice John Roberts ordered an investigation into the, quote, egregious breach, end quote. Since then, what happened? Silence. The Supreme Court won't say whether it's still investigating. The court also won't say whether the leaker has been identified or whether anyone has been disciplined. Or whether an outside law firm or the FBI has been called in. Or whether the court will ever offer an accounting of what transpired or whether it has taken steps to try to prevent a repeat. To these and other emailed questions, Supreme Court spokeswoman Patricia McCabe said by email, the court has no comments. I'm going to stop here. That's pretty much the update of the leakers' investigation. As I have talked about in the past episode about the leakers investigation. The U.S. Supreme Court completely violated the due process of the law by actually ordered an investigation because there's no criminal statute that defined the leaking of a draft opinion of the U.S. Supreme Court as a crime. And second, even this is a crime, the U.S. Supreme Court does not have the original jurisdiction to even order anything about this crime. It belongs to either the district court in the federal court in Washington, D.C., or the local court for the District of Columbia. And I think there's a third one I forgot. Basically, the Supreme Court is completely wrong to even order an investigation because the Supreme Court itself does not have the jurisdiction. So that is the update on that. And uh, so I'm now I'm going to go into the 
first segment. The future five episodes, I call it the Dobbs decision episodes, address an unavoidable question. Is abortion issue a federal question that belongs to the federal court, or it is a local issue that should have the, each individual state to decide? The, the answer is yes, it is a federal question. And uh, when I watched Justice Anthony Scalia uh, talking about Roe v. Wade with uh, Pierce Morgan of CNN back then, this is years ago, uh, I respect this Justice uh, Scalia a lot, but I strongly disagree with him is that it's not possible that abortion issue can be a state issue for many, many reasons. At, at least I know there's a five reasons for that. And uh, each episode will address that these are federal questions because the first episode is about the HIPAA law, H-I-P-A-A. You can Google it yourself, H-I-P-A-A. Every time you you go to a doctor's office or a hospital, you will be asked to sign a patient privacy notice. That's part of the HIPAA uh, uh, enforcement, that you are fully aware that your health records are completely private and must be so. HIPAA law is a federal law. There's no HIPAA law from each state. So that itself is a federal question. Whether you can disclose a woman's last menstrual period or whether a woman has taken a pregnancy test through a lab or through a quick test with her OBGYN or primary care physicians, that is going to be a federal question. And then, uh, this is to start with, so HIPAA is a federal law. And then second, first of all, the HIPAA law has to be broken has to be struck down before the government can get its hands on the women's record about whether she had a, a, a pregnancy test or not, uh, what is her last period, and all that. Again, these are all very private information. I cannot imagine that HIPAA law can be struck down just to, for the purpose of enforcing state abortion bans. So that's the first thing. Second, as you probably already know about this, these days I'm told majority of the abortion is done through medication. And where you got those medications from? Well, it got to be from some manufacturers, right? So I, uh, so those drugs has to be transported or in using a bad word, trafficked from one state to another. Some of those medication may be from a foreign country. So these are interstate movement of abortion drugs. If abortion become, be, be, became a crime, then all these medications, the movement of these drugs, become a weapon of crime. 
Think about the interstate trafficking of illegal firearms, right? Firearms can be used to kill people, to taking a life. If abortion become, legally speaking, a crime of a taking a life, then the abortion drugs literally become a weapon of crimes. So therefore, the interstate movement of these abortion drugs become a federal matter. And third, uh, especially after the pandemic, uh, many of you, I'm pretty sure, has experienced this thing called the telehealth services, meaning that you do not have to go to a doctor's office. You can uh, get connected with a Zoom or other video conferencing software where you can consult with your doctors for your health issues. Right. And so the doctors will give you advice and uh, they he or she may prescribe you different medications and all that. When this happened, you, you know, these kind of a telehealth services cross the Internet, cross the state line. And therefore, these telehealth services is are also under the jurisdiction of the federal government. Going back to HIPAA, that's one of them. There's a whole bunch of other federal regulations and laws governing the health services, that being a telehealth service that across the state line. If a doctor or physician or OBGYN is advising a woman about her decision of her pregnancy, and it just happened in that state of that woman's residence, abortion, is a crime after a certain, you know, gestational age. Then telehealth services all of a sudden will become an interstate aid and a bed of murders. That itself will all of a sudden also become a federal matter. And the third one, uh, actually, the, the fourth episode is about the scenario of an urban youth's right for to abortion services uh, in the inner cities in the urban area. Our education system is not doing a fantastic job for our urban youth. These uh, urban youth, young people. They are more sexually active. They became sexually mature much earlier. And consequentially, they probably need a more, they, they're in more need of a legal abortion services. And by the way, their choice about their pregnancy of these young people very often is a, it can be approved by their parents. Their parents may not believe that having a children so young is a good thing. So when that happened, and especially in the, you know, historically and racially oppressed populations, when it become a necessity to have a abortion service, while the government bans it, will that become 
of 14th Amendment equal protection question? Will that become another federal question? Well, in my opinion, yes, it will. Because uh, in this particular episode, episode four, I'm going to compare, even though you know it's it's a it's a somewhat a mirrored comparison of abortions, abortion seekers to that of a Margaret Garner. Margaret Garner is a famous fugitive slave. She is a mother of a, quite a few children with uh, her slave master and with uh, one or two slaves. I, I don't remember the exact detail, which I you know, have to research and prepare for that episode. Margaret Garner was cornered by federal marshals because she was a fugitive slave. Before she was arrested, she decided to kill her children instead of handing them back to slavery. And there is a huge, huge, in using the old word of the time, excitement about her arrest and about her pending fate to be sent back to slavery after she has escaped it. And there is always a question is that whether Margaret Garner has committed a murder over her own child, or is she doing an act of liberating her child from slavery? So remember, you know, this, uh, one of these founding fathers says, famous saying, give me liberty or give me death. So that itself, again, can become a federal question. Whether uh, urban youth's right to, for abortion services can be taken away by the state government. Especially these urban youth are historically and racially oppressed. So, and, uh, so I'm not going to, now I'm going to go to the uh, last segment of today is, uh, is uh, called the Women's Path to Full Citizenship and the African American's Path to Full Citizenship. This is where I'm going to talk about uh, Alan Dershowitz's claim that Roe v. Wade itself was poorly decided, poorly reasoned, and in my view, put on the woman's rights to choose on a slippery slope. So imagine this, a, a, a cop stops a woman in Mississippi and the, the cop asks the woman, how old are you? And the woman says, why do you have to know my age? The cop said, well, I need your age to know whether you are uh, within the childbearing age. And then the cop further proceeds by asking, what is your last menstrual period? And the cop said, I need that information to determine whether you're pregnant or not. Because 
from plain view, the way I look at how you your shape is right now, it looks like you're pregnant. I'm just a cop. My job is to enforce the law. Okay, man. So please tell me. So, 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 and, and the cop can tell this woman saying, resisting me to enforce the law is a crime all by itself. Right? So you imagine this scenario in a state where abortion is banned. And the cop can say, well, by my visual inspection, this woman is probably 20 weeks pregnant. That's his probable cause. And by then he can ask that woman, hey, what's your age? What's your last menstrual period? And all that. That itself is a very, very horrible, horrifying scenario where the right of a woman is clearly violated, right? So that's why I, in the last episode, episode five, I called it the Dread Scott once more, where I'm going to explain why the Duff's decision is a repeat of Dred Scott versus Sanford. In the Dred Scott versus Sanford, basically, the Supreme Court says the blacks are not the full citizens of the United States. Therefore, they do not have a standing to sue in a federal court. So Dred Scott is deciding a federal question, whether a black person, a slave, is a full citizen. That are which is required to file a lawsuit in a federal court. So now I'm going to conclude today's episode. Again, like I said, I just want to do a quick preview. So I want everyone to be hopeful, despite the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court has made a horrible, horrible decision. All these five episodes point to the same important thing, that abortion issue is a federal issue, not a state issue. When it comes to the HIPAA law, in the first episode, I actually is going to explain the specific steps a woman can take to protect herself under the existing federal law. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, lastly is that Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, if his view is correct, which I believe it is, then it just shows that Roe v. Wade, the decision itself, is not that great of decision anyway. And uh, because in my show later on, I will have a specific episode, or maybe two, to talk about Brown v. Board of Education. Brown v. Board of Education is lauded as probably the best decision the U.S. Supreme Court ever made. But in reality, the Brown v. Board of Education, at best, is 50-50 good. You do not have to look far and beyond 
So just look at the current educational achievement gaps between African Americans, Hispanics, to the rest of the population. If the Brown v. Board of Education is that great, then we will not have this kind of a widening racial gaps in the educational achievement. So that is why I want to do my best for the, you know, do all the research possible for episode five and explain to the general public why this Dobbs versus Jackson decision is a repeat of uh, uh, Dred Scott case. So with that, uh, I'm going to close out uh, today's episode. Uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.